You're listening to Quit Like a Runner, the sobriety podcast for runners who want to get inspired, get informed, and start seeing results fast. Every Monday, we'll share current events, personal stories, and tried and true research on how to stay sober and run smarter so that you can up-level your life now. Hey, everybody. I'm Amber Graziano, founder and president of Recovery Roadrunners, certified running and sobriety coach, K-12 master teacher, and sober mother of two. After getting sober in my late 30s, I'm currently three and a half years alcohol-free and in the best shape of my life. This year, I set new PRs in the marathon and half marathon, and I'm training for my first 100-mile race in 2024. Sobriety's been a game changer for me, and I feel like I've been given a second chance at life. So, let's begin. On today's Put Like a Runner podcast, what is dry January? What are the benefits of it? And what are some tips for making it through successfully? Also, what's the connection between running and sobriety? And how can I use this to my advantage for January and beyond? We'll share practical tips you can start using today to jumpstart or elevate your sobriety running journey. I've got my trail husband, Vinny, and our sober running pal, Doug, along for the ride. All right, Vinny, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? My name's Vinny. I'm 56 years old. I'm in San Luis Obispo, California. I've been sober for two and a half years now, since uh, August of 2021. After drinking for about 40 years or so, I was an athlete most of my life, growing up swimmer, runner, triathlete. So one day I just decided that I was going to, uh, to quit drinking after I got fat. It really bothered me. I uh, went to AA, used AA, went to 90 meetings, 90 days, and it worked. So I'm a cold turkey kind of guy. And then kind of became disillusioned with AA. was looking for some uh, like-minded folks, uh, runners like myself. I found Amber's group online and... I guess the rest is history. Thanks, Benny. Yep. How about you, Doug? My name's Doug Fingless. I'm 45 years old. I'm over in uh, Tiverton, Rhode Island, the uh, littlest state in the United States. Uh, I was trapped in the chaos of alcoholism and addiction for over two decades. I'm really lucky that I survived, and I'm really, really grateful to be able to share my experience, strength, and hope with everybody through this podcast. This is such a great opportunity. Today, I'm over seven years sober, and I'm an obsessed runner. Sobriety supports my running, and running supports my sobriety. And I'm really trying to do this one step and one mile at a time. And I think I might have stolen some of that slogan from, from Recovery Roadrunners, but that's okay. Well, we are thrilled to be back at the Triple R podcast. We've tried this in the past, and it hasn't stuck. So third time's a charm. We're rolling out for 2024. And today we're talking about dry January. So let's get into the historical backgrounds and the inception of dry January, in case you're wondering about that, which I found really fascinating. Me too. Go ahead, Vinny. Yeah, I did some research into where it all came from. So the modern day version of dry January was started by by an Italian-American businessman, coincidentally in a town called Huntington, uh, New York, which is uh, where I did a lot of underage drinking in my time. (laughs) I grew up near there. So in 2008, he decided to abstain from alcohol for a month. And he did that. And he noticed a bunch of weight loss, obviously, and he saved a bunch of money. And he was bragging about those two things to his friends. And one of those friends took a job with an organization called Alcohol Change UK in 2012. And she helped launch that company's first dry January in 2013. So the organization is uh, Alcohol Change UK. 
and they started it in 2013 and they had 4,000 people sign up the first year. And in 2022, they had 130,000 people sign up. So obviously we know that a lot more people around the world participate more informally than that. But these people sign up for the community and to track and it grows every year significantly. Something else interesting I found was that the, the actual roots of Dry January date back to World War II when the, uh, the Finnish government in their uh, war against Russia asked all of their citizens to give up alcohol for a month to save national resources. And it was hugely successful. And to this day, it remains one of the most successful campaigns in Finnish history. So it's not a new thing. People have been abstaining from alcohol for short periods of time because they know that it improves their health and well-being. So yeah, that's the history. I love that. I had never heard any of that before. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, there's definitely pieces there that I didn't pick up. Uh, that was really cool about the Finnish government. So let's talk about the goals of Dry January. I mean, obviously, it means don't drink for the month of January. Running UK, their their stated purpose, they think that people should to try to abstain from alcohol for a month to encourage them to abstain from alcohol forever, if possible, because they understand that you're going to look better, feel better, sleep better. Studies show that your blood pressure is going to lower, your liver is going to start to repair any damage that you've done to it over time, and you're going to save money and lose weight. Yeah. So that's really the goal dry January, to encourage people to maybe take a month off and then maybe continue it if they see benefits. So the first time I heard of Dry January was actually from my brother. And my brother, I'd say he has kind of similar drinking habits to myself. So he told me at least 10 years ago that him and his father-in-law were doing Dry January and they weren't drinking for the month. And of course, that was way before I got sober. So that just blew my freaking mind. He was like, oh yeah, we do Dry January every year. And I'm like, what? how why all the questions in my head i thought it was really cool but 10 years ago i never ever would consider doing it yeah i i find that interesting so your brother is very he's a very highly educated smart guy yeah and he looks forward to doing this from abstaining from out al from alcohol for a month every year but then he goes right back to drinking yeah February first yeah but he looks forward to it because he knows that there are health benefits, right? He does. Doing that. But yet he also looks forward to stopping and going back to drinking. So the draw of alcohol is obviously stronger than the health benefits that he knows are there. Very interesting to me. It is. Yeah. I, I had sort of had a peripheral idea of dry January. I know I had heard it mentioned at some point throughout my life, but... You know, like I said, I, I was a pretty hard drinker for a couple of decades, and the thought of a dry January or going without alcohol was not even a thought that would cross my mind. I can remember there, there was one January, I think I didn't drink for three days. And let me tell this story real quick, and I'll try to keep it uh, quick. It was about 12 or 13 years ago, we went down to the Dominican Republic for a family trip, and it was going to be my dad's 70th birthday. And one of the things that I tried to do, we were staying at an all-inclusive resort, is I tried to drink all of the vodka on the resort. I mean, just all of it. I just went for it, you know? And I was down there with my ex-wife at the time, and uh, it didn't go too well. You know, I was out with my brother at some club. I get back to the hotel room. I'm like, 
you know, trying, trying to hit up my ex-wife, like, oh, there were these Canadian girls there. Like, why didn't you come out with me? Like, I could have scored with these girls, you know, because that's the type of person I was then. Mind you, I thought I was like a, like a James Bond, but I, I was probably well over 300 pounds at that time in my life. Anyway, long story short, next morning, completely hungover, couldn't drink enough water to, to, to even get, you know, the taste of hydration in my mouth. I went and sat down on the toilet in the, in the uh, resort. Uh, my left foot went numb. I went to stand up, caught a blood clot right to my brain, had a TIA uh, the day before my dad's 70th birthday. I stopped drinking for three days. They gave me uh, blood thinner shots, heparin, down there. I had some of those heparin shots come back to the U.S. with me. A day after being back in the U.S., I started to convince myself that, hey, red wine is healthy, right? That helps with blood clots, doesn't it? And you know what I did? I said, oh, I've got these heparin shots. Thin blood makes alcohol work better, doesn't it? Because even at that point in my life, the alcohol wasn't doing it right for me. So I took heparin shots, and I drank multiple bottles of red wine, and I was right back to it. And that's the time I quit drinking for three days in January. Fantastic success story, Doug. Well done, buddy. <laughs> hey, that's more than I've ever done in a January, though. <laughs> hey, so, all right. If they're listening to this and they're like, all right, I want to try a dry January, but tell me what are some of the benefits? Well, in Recovery Roadrunners, we always talk about using running as a tool for sobriety. So let's get into the connection between running and sobriety. Um, I've found, and you guys would probably agree, I've found so many health benefits to running, not just physically, but mentally. I think maybe I would argue the mental health benefits are greater than the physical benefits. But for me, when I got sober, the first thing I did was go running because I had extra time, I had extra energy, and I'm like, okay, what am I going to do now that I'm not drinking? And that's just the first thing that popped into my head. And what I found was I found a release. I was like, wow, I have somewhere to channel all this energy. I have an outlet and I, I really needed to have an outlet. And for me, that's the best thing about running in sobriety is, you know, I can go out even if it's for five minutes and I can blow some steam I can fill my time. I can do something with myself rather than drinking. What about you guys? Well, I think just the fact that we're part of this group, we know that running is an effective tool in, in sobriety and preventing us from you know, wanting to go drink again. It fills a void, right? That, that we, no longer, we no longer drink, so we had to fill that void with something else. So we know that intuitively, but it is, it's backed up by science. I was reading this this study here, it's titled Aerobic Exercise for Alcohol Recovery, uh, Rationale, Program Description, and Preliminary Findings, and it's authored by like 20 different PhDs. It's lengthy, but in summary, it basically says that a low-impact aerobic exercise program is very, has been proven to be very effective in relapse prevention. So a lot of the people that promote the dry January, they also promote exercise as a way to help you get through dry January. And like I said, we intuitively know that exercise running in our case has helped us immensely in our sobriety, but it is backed up by science. Yeah. That just reminded me, I've heard this before. They say that exercise is more powerful than antidepressant. Yeah. The the study goes, basically it links the, the dopamine effect that you get from exercise to the dopamine that you effect that you would get from drinking. So you are, in effect, replacing the 
drinking with exercise. Oh, yeah. I, I wish I would have had the uh, motivation and the wherewithal to start exercising when I was younger because I was just a loaf for a big period of my life. And it's so true. Now that I've brought it into my life, I have never been happier and, and more balanced mentally. Just to tag off what Amber was saying, you know, I, I have definitely found that running supports my sobriety in that it helps me with mental toughness. You know, when you're out there going for a run and you're trying to push yourself and go further distances and go faster, you have to fight that voice in your head. I call it the ghost in my head. And you eventually learn to change your thoughts and tell that voice to shut up. And that's sort of the same voice I had when I was drinking that would tell me every morning, go to the liquor store and, you know, at eight o'clock when it opens, like I had to shut that voice up. So, you know, the mental toughness that develops from running has definitely helped me support my sobriety and change my story to say, you know, I am not a drinker. Yeah. Another thing, running gives us confidence. When I was heavily drinking, I didn't have any confidence or self-esteem or self-worth. But when I started running again, I immediately started feeling better, which gave me confidence. And I saw fast results, which made me even more confident. And so just running a little bit each day, it, it's going to start to make you stronger. You're going to start to feel better and look better immediately. And so you get that immediate satisfaction from running and that hit of dopamine that you need when you stop drinking. And for me, that was enough. I wanted to run twice a day. Yeah, yeah. I'm an all or nothing type of person. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'm going to sign up for a marathon. And I ran a marathon in very early sobriety. And unfortunately, after that marathon, I went right back to drinking. But signing up for that race and training for that race helped me to stay sober for over 65 days. Yeah, that's, that's a big deal. Every attempt yeah. you make will help you eventually support the goal of quitting forever, hopefully. Yeah, and I know there have been some studies, I don't have them in front of me, that just talk about how alcohol literally has no health benefits. I know there were points where people tried to convince you again, like I said about the red wine, like, oh, red wine, it's heart healthy and this kind of stuff. There have been ones that have come out recently that really indicate there are zero health benefits to drinking alcohol, even in moderation. And, you know, if you think about it from the standpoint of athletic performance, there is no way alcohol helps you in any way uh, to be a better athlete. You know, alcohol, it dehydrates you. It'll reduce your coordination. You won't have as, as good endurance and stamina. There's delayed recovery because of, you know, the dehydration and other effects. It messes up with your nutrition and how you, you get all the nutrients from your food. And we've said it before already today, alcohol is a depressant. So it messes with your mental health and with your mental toughness. Even though you get that boost when you drink and you think it's making you happier, in the long run, it is making you the most depressed person in the world. Yeah, Doug, I can't tell you how many times I Googled, is alcohol affecting my performance? Because I grew up as an athlete. I was a softball player and I was mm -hmm. a runner. And I wanted to know, is drinking slowing me down? Is this affecting me? Because I was overweight and I wasn't feeling great. And it did occur to me that it was the alcohol, but I was hoping that Google was going to say, no, it's fine. And so I remember reading, you can't burn fat when you're drinking alcohol and alcohol doesn't help you as an athlete. And I was like, oh, maybe they're wrong. I was still totally in denial, but a lot of Google searches around, do I have a problem? Should I be drinking as an athlete, as a runner? And this was a long time ago. So these thoughts have been in my head for quite a while. Oh yeah. And that's all it takes is the one that says, oh no, you're fine. You know, there'll be a hundred that tell you you have a problem. 
I don't know if you were like me, I surrounded myself with people who were similar to me. So there was always someone else who I went, oh, they're drinking worse than me. I don't have a problem. They've got the problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get into some practical tips for the listeners. We want them to get through January sober and we want to build them up and set them up for success. So what are we thinking are our top tips for getting through a dry January? And I'm going to start with one, find a community and that's going to be us at Triple R. Go onto our Facebook page. And if you just look down the wall, you're going to see posts. People are running half marathons and hundred mile races. And I mean, you're going to get motivated just by showing up to our Facebook page. I would say if you're starting a new running program, don't be afraid to walk. I would start with run walk intervals. Vinny and I like to do three minutes of running and one minute of walking. If you're new, you can run for 30 seconds and walk for 30 seconds and repeat. Okay, start with five minutes. If it's been a long time, start with 10 minutes and just say, I'm gonna run for five or 10 minutes. You're gonna check that off your to-do list and you're gonna start to feel confident and better about yourself, but just commit. Commit to baby steps and get started. Those are all great tips. I would say, like you said, exercise. Probably the best thing because it takes time. It'll fill the void. Some stats, the stats are all over the place, but. Say anywhere from 15 to 40 percent of Americans are going to try dry January this year. And historically, uh, a third of those who start are successful for the entire month. They say the average craving lasts about seven minutes. Somebody recommended that if you have a craving right in the middle of the craving, just go do a plank for a minute. The pain of the plank will probably take your mind off wanting to, wanting to have that drink. So I, I think exercise is the best alternative drinking obviously that's that was my choice but yeah there's a lot of little tips out there and community is always good you know aa like sponsors and just calling somebody when you want to drink maybe they can talk you off the ledge oh yeah another thing you can definitely have at the ready too is a replacement drink if your go-to is always some sort of alcoholic beverage you need to have a plan in place to say what am i going to do otherwise you know if you're hanging around with other people who are still drinking you might want to get in that mode where you have an incognito non-alcoholic drink some sort of club soda with a with a lime in it or something like that or if you don't care and you're telling people that this is what you're trying to do then just pick your favorite you know i know my go-to in early sobriety was way too much coffee and i say that in early sobriety i still drink way too much coffee now you know <laughs> yeah it's one of those things love coffee oh yeah we Vinny and i drink coffee all day mm -hmm. and night <laughs> and we still sleep we sleep great thanks to sobriety so Another thing I would recommend is tracking your progress. So there's a couple things you can do. You can go on the Recovery of Roadrunners website and click on the freebies and you can get a sobriety tracker there. The one that I like, it shows the months spelled out January through December and each month is broken down into numbers. So for each day that you're successful, you color in a bubble. And that's the worksheet that I use. So I like to share it around to everybody else. But it was so satisfying to color in that bubble for every day that I stayed sober in the beginning. It was like, oh, my God, I stayed sober for a day. I am going to color in my sheet. And then I watched as I filled in that tracker. And I felt so proud of myself and so happy and so motivated to keep going. So get a tracker and fill it in. You're going to look forward to it. I would also suggest to get an app. 
get some sort of a sobriety app. There's tons of different ones out there. They have trackers. You'll see how much money you're saving. You'll see how many days are sober. You'll find chat rooms and friends inside the apps, all sorts of stuff. I like that app that you have that shows you how much money you've saved. Yeah, the app I have is um, I'm done drinking. That's a real thing. You can wrap your brain around that. I saved yeah. 500 bucks in a month. For me, and... it's probably $500 in a week. I, I've I've heard this app uh, I've heard this app mentioned. What what is the name of this app? Because I would probably be a, a multimillionaire by now. <laughs> I'm done drinking, and it's telling me that I've saved to date twenty six thousand twenty eight dollars and thirty five cents. And I really like it because Ooh, it shows you in real time. It keeps ticking and ticking and ticking. Yeah, I've gone one thousand three hundred and one days sober. And I have not consumed 13,014 drinks. It's like that old national debt ticker. Oh, oh, check this out. This is good for us health conscious people. At the bottom, it says calories saved 1,699,652. I was just going to ask about calories. Divide that by the 3,500 and how many pounds is that? My goodness. I know. I immediately lost 10 pounds when I stopped drinking. And then when I changed my diet, I lost 10 more. So if you're looking to get motivated, just think about the calories that you're going to save and the money you're going to save. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, Another practical tip we can throw out there as well. Like I said, if you were like me and you had surrounded yourself with uh, drinkers, you might need to change your environment if you're going to be serious about it. And then that sort of leads into another topic of maybe you should take a look at your motivations for why are you actually trying dry January? What is your relationship with alcohol? You know, there's all different kinds of drinkers out there. There are some people who are just legitimately going to go into this saying, hey, you know, I, I want to quit for a month. Maybe I'll feel better. You know, it's a good thing to do. Um, there are others who maybe say, I've been drinking a little too much, dealing with some stuff in life, and they just need a reset. You know, you'll have your moderate drinkers who can stop whenever, whenever they want to, and they just, they just want to take a break. But then you may have some other people who I I know, like for myself, it would be a monumental thing to try to quit for a month. If I were going into that, I would say, yeah, if I can quit for January, then I'm not an alcoholic. You know, I don't really have a problem. You know, like Amber was saying about Googling stuff, this will prove to myself that there's no problem there. And then all I'm thinking about is February 1st. And I am going to binge like a son of a bitch on February 1st. Um, Yeah. And if that's the case, if that's your motivation for going into it, you know, I'm not even going to pull punches here. You probably have a problem with alcohol and you, you should look at quitting for more than January. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, forever can seem daunting. And so that's why I love the idea of dry January, because it's only one month. I can I can wrap my mind around a month and I can certainly wrap my mind around a day. That's why the old adage one day at a time is so powerful because okay for today i'm not gonna drink just for today because if you think about forever it's like oh my god i can never drink on my birthday again or on christmas or what about weddings and your mind starts to spin out of control so that's why i love dry january because it seems like a sizable task like yeah i think i can do that and you know i'm gonna give it a try and let's say i make it a week okay and then oops i have a slip So if that happens to you guys, just keep going. Just start again, get your tracker out and don't color in that day, but keep on going for week two and just see how many days that you can stay sober in January. You're going to start to see 
so many immediate satisfying benefits to it. My hope is that everybody who tries this is like, wow, I feel amazing. This is easier than I thought because January is the best time of the year to get sober. Everybody is motivated for New Year's. They've got their new goals. They've got their new mindset. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. And I cannot even tell you, I think last year, the new members coming into Recovery Roadrunners on January 1st was well over 100. That's a lot for us. Normally, we'll get two, three, five, maybe 10 new members a day. But last year and the year before on January 1st, people came flooding in. I think part of that was dry January, New Year's resolutions, but this is the best time of year to get sober, you guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I certainly didn't mean to deter anyone from uh, trying in January. Any attempt you make is a step towards your goal. The organization that started it, the Alcohol Change UK, they do follow-ups with people who are successful. I'll link their stats, but in summary, they say that the people that are successful in abstaining for the entire month of January yet go back to drinking on, in February, they do alter their drinking habits. A large percent of, the, of them alter their drinking habits forever. They drink less. They don't binge drink because of the health benefits they saw in January. So even if you go back to drinking, you know, you may alter your, your relationship with alcohol for the rest of your life for the better. So it's worth a shot. We know what the immediate, immediate benefits are. You feel better, you look better, you have more energy, you lose weight. So if I said I had a pill that could do that and also lower your blood pressure and start repairing your liver, I don't think we can keep it on the shelf, right? People would be knocking down our door to take that pill. But yet all they need to do is change their lifestyle. Just stop drinking, which is free. And it's going to make you money. But yeah, people would be knocking down a door for a pill that did the same thing. I find that interesting. Yeah. And if anybody's considering this and they're still kind of on the fence, I would ask you to be three things. Number one is be honest with yourself, okay? Take a good look in the mirror, look at yourself and ask yourself, Am I happy with the person that I see in the mirror? Would stopping drinking be a benefit for me? I'm sure the answer is yes. So be honest with yourself. Ask yourself why you're doing this, what's holding you back, and what you really want for yourself. What do you want in a year? What do you want in five years? What do you want in 10 years? And looking back for me, um, it was horrifying to think that I was going to be living down near rock bottom for another day, let alone another year. Terrifying. So be honest with yourself. Be open-minded to learning new things, trying new things, talking to new people, starting new habits and new routines, and then be willing to do the work. You got to be willing to do the work, guys. You got to get tough with yourself because Superman's not coming. So this is going to come down to you. This is probably going to be one of the hardest things that you've ever done. Don't go into it thinking it's going to be easy because it's not going to be easy. It's going to be tough. You're going to have to get real with yourself and get tough and set yourself up with your sobriety toolbox. And that's all the things we're talking about today. Community, running, tracking your progress, all of these things, they slowly but surely start to fall into place. And if you have the mindset of, I'm, I am not going to quit. I'm going to do this for all of January you're going to be amazed by how good you feel at the end of the month. Oh, definitely. To tag off of uh, Vinny's point, how's the saying go? A body at rest tends to stay at rest. A body at motion tends to stay at motion. And that's yeah. why that pill would be so popular, because you don't have to change. 
And change is hard, but change is really what it's all about. And in order to change, you need to change how you think and you need to start taking actions that support that. The biggest suggestion can be just start. Just start. Just do a little bit. I'm big on incremental small changes, make huge changes down the road. So start, you know, get moving, and then that movement will push you through to keep moving. Yeah. One way to start, like you mentioned earlier, Doug, is just replace beer with non-alcoholic beer. Non-alcoholic beer is actually really good for runners. It's going to satisfy your craving to drink. It has the polyphenols in it. So it's actually going to repair your muscle tissue after intense exercise. Look into the benefits of non-alcoholic beer for runners. And that's great news for us, right? Because we're like, oh my God, I have to quit drinking. What am I going to drink instead? Oh, this stuff is good for runners. It's a win-win. I drank a lot of NA beer in my early days. All right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and wrap this up. We're going to roll out three or four episodes a month. If you're not on our Facebook page already, we've got over 2,000 members and growing. So join us on Recovery Roadrunners Facebook page. And we do have a small group going. It's called Quit Like a Runner. Vinny and I are your coaches. We will write you a personalized run program. So you can sign up for anything from 5K up to 100-mile race. We're going to write your program, help you train along the way. Um, we will give you what we call the Sober Six Pack which is everything that you need to be successful in running and sobriety. And one of those things inside your sober six pack is the community. And we've got a little group going. We've got about 14 friends in there. Maybe Doug can speak to this because Doug is in Quit Like a Runner with us. The community piece of sobriety is, I would say, arguably the most important piece because I tried to do it alone for years. It didn't work. So... What you get in Quit Like a Runner is the friends, the plan, and the support. What do you think, oh. Doug? Yeah, I, I was just going to say, you know, I, I'm not just a, a co-host of the podcast. I'm also a client. I uh, had reached out to Amber and Vinny. I've got some goals that I'm trying to hit myself, which I'm sure we'll touch on at some point in this uh, podcast. I'll tell you what, the training plan they put together for me, I am improving um, hugely. I had just cobbled together my own training plans and... You know, I'm proud of the progress that I had made, but I'm just growing leaps and bounds in this. You know, I'm not infinitely sober, but I've got a good number of years. And I really feel like um, the group we've got together, there's some real early sobriety in there. And I'm feeling really great about the ability to give back and, you know, impart some of my, uh, I'm going to use the word wisdom here, although, you know, you can question how wise I truly am. But, uh, and, and I really feel like some of the things that I've been able to comment on and the Zoom meetings you have, I've been able to, to really help some people. Let me just say the resources that you've put together are are amazing uh, with Recovery Roadrunners, uh, and I'm just you know truly honored to be a part of it. Oh, thanks, Doug. I think you're wise beyond your years, Doug, and you're also pretty modest. Since Doug has started training with us, his uh, progress has been like off the chart. He just PR'd in a half marathon by what seven or eight minutes or so. Yes, sir failed to mention that he's also training for the uh, a1a marathon in february and his goal is uh 330 and then after that we're gonna qualify him for the boston marathon that's yeah. right doug's the model student though he follows the training plan to the t he does everything he's supposed to do even when it's uh cloudy dark rainy whatever stormy he's out there running yeah but, yeah um come join us yeah um, 
you too can be successful like Doug. We do have, we have people on all stages of their journey, early recovery, well into seven or eight years of sobriety. We have experienced runners and we have new runners. So if you're thinking about signing up, wherever you're at is perfect. You are not behind. And if you come and join us, I think you're going to love the group. Everybody is like, oh my God, I wish I had signed up for this last year or the year before. Why did I wait so long? Is what you, you'll hear all the people in our group saying. So, um, yeah, I think it's a good time to wrap it up. Thanks for joining me, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the first episode of Quit Like a Runner. And we will be back next week talking about New Year's resolutions and setting yourself up for success for all of 2024. Yeah, I can't wait for that one. I've got so many New Year's resolutions. I'm going to have to cut it down. (laughs) I I know, right? They're goals, though. They're New Year's goals. Yeah. Got a few. Got a few got a few. All right. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining everybody. Bye-bye. Yeah. Thanks everybody.